I have to show up every single day and reassure people every single day that I'm with them, that this is okay, that we can do this and I'll, I'll support them through it. Hello and welcome to the Moneymakers podcast. I'm Ray Dodd and I help people like you unravel your conditioning and master the skill of money making. So much of traditional business coaching leaves the blame for what's not working in your business, where you're not making money, solely at your feet. But I don't believe that any of this stuff happens in a vacuum. So join me, listen to this podcast, listen to all the episodes of the podcast where we will be moment by moment unraveling that conditioning and freeing you up to earn money in ways that work for you. Welcome to the podcast, wonderful Lauren. So I've put here how to introduce this brilliant human. So Lauren and I have known each other for ages from various coaching programs, a long, like, I don't know how many businesses ago for you, but definitely two businesses ago for me. Three businesses ago for you, I think. God, I don't know. I don't don't reflect back, I'm moving forward. So, and Lauren is such an amazing entrepreneur. Like I said, she's run a few businesses and we're gonna talk a little bit. I'm gonna ask a little bit about that. But it's been amazing to watch Lauren, the way you will try different things. Also, Lauren is an amazing lesson for all of us in how to be unapologetically yourself as well. And we're going to talk a bit about that too. So Lauren runs Wearem Out Pads, which is a reusable period pad company. Do you want to tell us a bit about how you ended up running the business you run at the moment? Like a bit about your story and how you got there. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit random. I didn't get there till I was 46. So, you know, it was a long time coming. Like you say, there was lots of fingers in pies before that. I had my previous business was called This Girl Is Enough. And it was kind of public speaking and women mentoring and all things like unfiltered. So so I'd grown a bit of an audience with that. And I just got to the point where either I monetize that with hashtag ad or I just do it as a vanity project. The numbers had got to that point where I was like, I was putting so much effort into it with very little return. So I had to make a point and I I decided I wanted something tangible. I wanted a product and I had been using reusable pads for a good three or four years before that. But I didn't see them in the mainstream. I didn't see Mm. my friends talking about them. I felt a bit weird wearing them and everything. So I thought there's an actual massive gap in the market here for bringing this to to the mainstream as a viable product for your periods. If you were eco-curious like me, I'm not an eco-warrior by any stretch. I'm eco-curious. I like Mm. making offsets where I can. And for me, the pads personally had been such a huge shift environmentally for me that I decided I wanted to bring a pad to the mainstream that they could relate to and that they would Mm. be talking about and that there'd be a buzz around. So Mm. that's why I'd done it, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about that? What and what didn't you realize like launching that business? Well, it started off with me saying to my friend, I've got this idea. Look, I wear them. This is what I wear. And we Mm. drew it on a piece of paper. And I went to the local craft center and picked up some pale blue spotty fleece fabric and said, make it out of those, make them on your machines at home. Mm. And that's where it started. And she took it and she said, Oh God, it's broke the needle on my machine. Mm. So I thought, I'm going to actually have to get a plan together here. And then it just kind of snowballed. I got a designer. So they they were designed by someone professional, not just me drawing it on a <laughs> on a, a little pucker pad. Yeah. And it kind of snowballed from then. Then it went on to finding a factory and sourcing fabrics. And I, I, I couldn't, like, when I say naive, manufacturing a product is like yeah. 
next level business it really yeah. is the logistics of working with that many supply chains because we use a lot of different fabrics and mm. there's a lot of different components to the pad so you've got to get them all in sync and make mm. them land to the factory at the same time and the factory keep your stock levels I mean it's just yeah wow it's a lot I don't think I could do it you know I, I often <laughs> my husband does it I don't do it oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you now, this business would not have been got to where it was if I was doing it on my own. I would have given up mm. a long time ago because that's what I do. <laughs> mm. What is it do you think about? So do you think that's the difference? Because I've made no secret of the fact that before starting my coaching business, I was very much, a, I'm going to, I mean, at first it was like, I'm going to do this and I would barely even start the business. And then with when I became a hypnobirthing teacher, that was the first time I properly like did it. But then obviously I moved to coaching and it was finding my thing that did it. But what was it for you that led you to stick at this? Because is this the one you've run the longest of your yes. businesses? Yeah. Uh, and this has been the most successful. Yeah. I think it's because it's product based. Right. Because you have to have such a huge financial investment. to oh. find stock in the first place. And then once you're on it, people mm. are ordering and you, they're ordering before you've got the stock so you have to keep reinvesting reinvesting there's no break point where you go actually mm. just calm down and just not you know take a break like if I wanted to stop this business today I've got probably two years of stock on yeah. order I, I have no way out Ray is what I'm saying I'm kind of I'm stuck believe me listen we launched in February 2020 we launched just before lockdown the whole thing started and mm. lockdown year for us was just ridiculously ridiculous growth like absolutely unprecedented so to be able to navigate that and homeschooling and the fact that we're all stuck in our homes and the head fuckery that that brings and all of that the amount of times I'm like I'm done I'm done I'm done but we invested 38,000 pounds of our own personal money mm. to start and to bring this brand to market and have our first lot of stock and once you get into those figures of your own savings especially because the majority of it is my husband's, I can't then just go, oh, fuck it, I'm not doing it anymore. You know, I have to. And, and it's been good for me because the, the patience I've had to learn and the resilience and the, the strength that's come from that. But I still do have probably about four days a week where I'm like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. It's too much. And so do you think that's been helpful because you have to like sort through your own shit? Like you can't run off from it. I'm not saying that that's what you did before, but like... I know I have that tendency to be like, ah, I can't, I can't, I can't. And in a service-based business where the overheads are less, I can't do it so much now because I've got a team. That makes it much harder. Mm -hmm. But you can kind of hide from yourself more maybe in that sort of business in a way that you can't in, in your oh, current 100%, business. 100%. Mm. Also factoring in, you know, the product that we, we've brought to market is a really, really tough sell. We're talking mm. about periods. We're talking about the environment yeah we're, we're triggering a lot of people we're talking you know we're in the transgender community conversations mm. there's a lot of nuances to the just the product that we bring yeah so sell a product with so many attachments emotionally and physically that people have to overcome before they can step into this world i have to show up every single day and reassure people every single day that i'm with them that this is okay that we can do this and that I'll, I'll support them through it mm. um that that in itself brings so much pressure but I also know that if I don't do that if I don't do that showing up if I let the imposter syndrome get the better of me or if I let my stupid child in a child kicking out saying I don't want to do it anymore take control mm. 
we will not sell anything. The mm. days where I have done that, you know, there's been times throughout the last two years where I have been like, I cannot show up this week. I just can't do it. And our sales absolutely nosedive. Yeah. I have to be present. I have to be using my messaging all of the time across all of the platforms, mm. doing everything that I can to kind of break down so many taboos and stigmas and to, you know, to, to get the message across that it's not that big a deal. It's, yeah. it's, it's a tough blood. Issue. Just blood, yeah. guys. <laughs> right. I mean, come on now. <laughs> yeah. I actually mentioned, I've mentioned, I'm sure I've mentioned my period a few times on my newsletter, but I remember mentioning it once and getting the most unsubscribes I'd ever had. Yeah. And I was like, I was like seriously? <laughs> yeah, it's you'd be surprised. You would be surprised. Some of the some of the issues that people have to overcome. And it'll be things like I still I get thrown sometimes. I had a message yesterday from someone and she didn't want them hanging anywhere in the house to be seen to dry. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's so many different angles that people are going to have issue with it. Mm. Um, but it's all psychological and it's all because they've got to step away from what they trust and what they feel secure in and what their peers are wearing and all of that. There's yeah. so much psychological shift. So if I was just knocking out printed t-shirts, I'm sure the sales element would be a little bit easier. Yeah. So interesting. I saw a TikTok the other day because I use a cup, like a, not a moon cup, but you know, a similar thing. Yeah. And a menstrual cup, yeah. And I saw a TikTok of somebody whose partner was thought it was a shot glass. Oh, God. <laughs> and they were, like, taking, like, a vodka shot. And the, the person was probably like, that's not a shot glass. Oh, nice. <laughs> love it. And one of the things I love about all of the businesses you've run, and I, but I particularly love it in this one, because, like, when it comes to service-based businesses, people are used to seeing somebody as the face of it. But sometimes in product-based businesses, like the kind of your, the, the unus of it can disappear a bit. Not in all, but especially if you're not. I see more in people who make their products, like Hamid, like I know you worked with, is it Liz Harry? Yes. For example. And if you look at, go to her Instagram, she's very present because she makes her stuff. But in something with, with, like you make, where you're getting it made in factories and all of that stuff, sometimes they can be a much more faceless brand but I love what you just said about how you're like when you're present when you're driving that message the sales are up Mm -hmm. what what is it do you think about people not just like knowing you as in your face but also getting a sense of who you are and and your kind of the unapologeticness of you Mm -hmm. that helps the brand itself you know don't get me wrong when I started this brand my goals were big I was like I want to be the number one brand in the world I want to be the face of reusable period pads and what I learned over like two years was for me to do that then I need to step away and it needs to become a brand on its own Mm. and I tried that we had a marketing agency for a while but the more I distanced myself the less sales we made yeah and we just saw this direct correlation and I think because of the like I said before, the issues that people may have with the product, they need that no like and trust even more than if they were buying a piece of clothing. They they really want to feel connected because I'll make it feel less weird for them. Yeah. And I'll be the person they'll be like, well, if Lauren's doing it, then it must be okay. I'm doing it. And I totally get that because don't let's forget, there was a time where I transitioned from disposables to reusables. And I know all the pinch points that these people have got. Yeah. And, you know, I'm there for that in the, I know if if you just go and buy the reason we all start on the disposables is because our peers are wearing them and because that's what we do and our our carers have given them to us and blah blah yeah. blah. The 
the thing is with reusables is because it's so much more of a personal intimate product mm -hmm. you've got to get up close with your period blood and all this business <clears throat> a faceless brand isn't going to be enough to convince someone to do that when the yeah. options are still available mm. so yeah. i have to you know i have to i have to build their trust that they can trust that my product is going to work for them yeah so I, I've actually scaled the business right down. I've got rid of my office. You know, it's not about that for me anymore. What it's mm. about is let's just service the people that we've got and like let it do its own thing rather than trying to drive it forward to become this big machine, which is where it kind of got to. Mm. And when that happened though, Ray, I was left there standing there twiddling my thumbs. I spent all yeah. my day directing people to run my business. I wasn't actually in my business. So it felt very unaligned to me yeah not where I started and it's what I thought I wanted but we learn these lessons don't we it's not what I want exactly you learn them by trying a thing and going oh I don't actually like that I thought that's what I wanted and yeah. I think often that's like this idea of like you said this idea of success we have which is very external to us yes and then we realize but that version of success doesn't take me into account in any way and I guess from what you're saying it actually doesn't take your customers into account either no. because they didn't love that either no, they did not. They drop off very quickly. You've got that mm. very short window to get to engage them. Yeah. And also we know from previous surveys that it can take between one and four months from someone seeing our product convert into buying. It is a tough, tough sale. It really is. Yeah. And there's no, even with our Facebook ads, which are an absolute fucking nightmare because there's no way to track the point of seeing the ad to whether that person came back and committed to buy because right. the period of time is so long between them. Oh, wow. So four months, I have to kind of groom these people to a mm. point where they, they're ready to jump, you know? It's, yeah. it's, it's the weirdest thing that I've ever had to do. And it mm. is, it's pretty relentless. But seeing the change in people, I hate to sound wanky like that, but seeing the change in people from, I trust you, I'm ready to jump is you know that's 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 the payback I want and I wasn't getting that when the, the business grew and to be honest with you Ray something that's come to light for me was the first year was so much of ridiculous success the first mm -hmm. 18 months but my head had got way too big I'd got way too arrogant I've been there <laughs> mate the lesson you learn in that like calm the fuck down sit down and keep taking in the lessons and keep making the adjustments and oh yeah. I learned that over the last couple of months so now I'm kind of stripped back again and and back to where it started. I said to my husband I just I want to get rid of the office I want to start back at the kitchen table where we started mm. we've still got a distribution center because that just makes more sense financially and practically but I want to bring the business back to a, a hobby stage where I was enjoying it and it's worked yeah I was gonna say and has it worked have you seen a difference for me yes because I feel much more driven again I feel much more connected again and if I if you lose that connection what's the fucking point you're just getting up and going through the motions and do you think so when things were like when you had that bigger kind of thing going on and things were feeling like they weren't like you like things feeling like they weren't working did you know that was why or did you start to make up like stories of like oh people don't like what we're doing anymore people aren't wanting this like did you realize straight away like actually this is something that I need to shift within the business itself or did those that kind of like wider story shit kind of start to tunnel its way in well again with a product based business you know cash flow is king and when you don't make the sales you can't you can't grow you can't order more mm. stock so you get stuck in a real vicious cycle of we've got no money coming in so we can't order more stock and then it all starts to crumble 
And it kind of had got to the point where, so we grew so quick that we started investing money in other areas. So the cash flow was being spent in other areas of the business rather than stock. Mm. We need stock, right? So I had to make, financially, I had to make some big decisions and that was to let people go. But also I knew that I needed to take this lesson on board. I needed to start looking at myself again. I needed to, Mm. I knew I felt like I had got, too carried away too swept up Mm. in the the speed at which it grew yeah and I just had to be honest with myself and just say Lauren this this isn't working for you this yeah I I was resenting every part of the business at that point Mm. yeah I really hear you because my business I've done that a few times I still haven't learned the lesson oh no come on I do it's like an ego thing for me like so we can just I will I will go oh I don't I'm not gonna have to deal with that sort of problem anymore I'm not gonna have to deal with that and then find myself going oh I'm dealing with that again and and I wonder if I had been sort of it's not a humility thing it's like it's just an ego it's an ego thing like you say it's like if I hadn't thought I was beyond certain things happening to me if they would have happened you know, like it's like I don't. I'm yes. not sure this would have happened yes. if I had been a bit more like aware and conscious of of keeping an eye on those things. And yeah, I've done it. I've done it a few times. And I think this is something that I'm really glad you're mentioning because I don't think people talk enough about. Like people talk a lot about the struggle to get something working. They don't talk a lot about how hard it can be when it works really fast. Mm. And I think it's the dream, isn't it? And it's yeah. you have that as well in your head like oh my god this is Lauren this is what you fucking wanted or yes yes for god's sake so many small businesses are closing over this pandemic and you've soared and it's just all of those guilts as well and the Mm -hmm. the self-judgment and stuff it was a huge learning curve really uncomfortable of course feelings of failure started coming in because I had to make changes again yeah I turned them into positives and said but this is this works better it works this is why it worked in the first place let's go back to why it actually works in the first place yeah it's a classic mistake that I've seen so many business owners make I've made where things go well we want them to go better so we change stuff to make it go better and it's just, I see it. I see lots of people talk about it. Like I said, I've made it. I've seen clients make it. Where we change the, we, we like take the magic, this like precious magic that was working really well that made it like soar quickly. Mm-hmm. And we like trade it in for what we saw someone else doing that mm. should work. Yes. Yeah, that as well. That as well. Like I've never run a business before. Well, I have run businesses before, but not to this scale, not yeah. where this kind of money was involved and this yeah. kind of pressure. And like I say, the, the actual manufacturing part for me is huge. I don't know what I'm fucking doing, right? You know, yeah. I, every day I'm winging it. Yeah. I'm getting up and doing it. So there's going to be plenty of times where we go, actually, I tried that and that didn't work. Or, yeah. or, or it, sometimes as well, I found I stepped into what a CEO looked like. You know, you look, I, I don't know what a CEO mm. is for me. I look, I'm looking around at CEOs and I'm like, well, this is what they're doing. I look at old, what's her name with Spanx. She was always my icon. And I'm Sarah Backley. And I'm like, but I'm not her. And I no. don't want to work all day, every day. I want balance in my life. That's something I learned last year. And, yeah. and if that means like the business has to go in a different direction, then I'm okay with that. Because life goals, you know, it's not yeah. just about being Spanx. It's also yeah. about being Lauren and having what I want in my life. So yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. So what, like, what would you say to the Lauren, like, let's say last year, what do you wish you'd known? Oh, do you know what, Ray, I was in such a bad place. But towards the end of last year, I was shutting, I was done. I was like, Mm. 
whatever stock we've got an order, I'm done. I, I was in such a bad place with the feelings of failure or the feelings of I, I've got it wrong or yeah. I don't know how to make this better. Yeah. Um, and, and just feelings of like, I, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. This is, yeah. a, this is madness because it was such a stark contrast from one year to the next. And now looking back, I can see what happened and I can see what, why it changed and all of that. But I had to go through this, you know, I was saying to Jim, I'm not, I'm not doing another day of this. I, if I could have shut it down that day, I would have. Yeah. Because it was taking over absolutely everything. The fact that me and Jim, my husband, work in the business together as well. We mm. are together 24-7. He's at home mm. the whole time. Every decision I want to make, I have to pass through my husband. Can you imagine? I mean. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm the major shareholder, so I have final mm. say. But there is always going to be that, oh, I've had this yeah. idea. And going, well, we haven't got the cash for that. And me, like, having mm. this childish tantrum. So it, it got to a really bad place. But. When I decided that I was going to take all pressure off, drop all shackles, take it back to where we started. Oh, my God, I bloomed again. And I feel as excited now as I did when we first started it. Mm, so I that's think amazing. This, yeah, this steady pace works for me. And yeah. it's, not, it's not for everyone. You have to find your own pace and your own, what's important mm. to you. Mm. But this, this steady pace works much better. And there's something in that I think for people who are listening as well, because not like I, I have, obviously I could close my business if I really wanted to, like we could take steps to do that, but like you different to you, but like you, it's I'm the breadwinner. So if I close my business, where, where's the money coming from? Where like, how, like that, it's not an easy, yeah. That's a lot of pressure, right? That's it's, a lot of it's pressure. a lot of pressure. Yeah. It can be, especially because I think in different ways, but 2021 was, and I've talked about this on the podcast and all sorts of places, it was really hard for me. I had 2020 was my best year in business ever. Doubled my, I doubled my income and tripled my profit in 2020. Okay. It was an amazing okay. year. 2021 though. Right. <laughs> like, no. Yeah, maybe something happened in 2021. I think we all hit a resilience wall. I think we were all at the end of our tether. I think, I think so. I think we had to feel how to learn to live with this new yeah. chaos because we we're all yeah. expecting it to end at some point. We were we had this false hope that 2021, it would all come to an end. And yeah. it just kept bloody coming, didn't it? It just kept bloody coming. And we hit a wall where it was like, I am absolutely done. Yes. I cannot take anymore. Yeah. And now I feel like I've got into this comfortable state of, I mean, we're just off the back of COVID, all, all of us. We've been yes. locked down for like two weeks, but I feel like, okay, we're going to just live with this now then. And, and and that takes a bit of the ease off, I think. Yeah. I also think there's an element of which you can't, like, for me, 2020 was like loads of adrenaline. What am I going to do? Yes. Like, again, main breadwinner. So like, is, is the pandemic going to take away my family's earnings? What are we going to do? And I kept watching the government like announcements. Nothing came out for limited companies. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, it, they're not helping me. I have to make this work. And I also think online businesses benefited because people were driven online, which was great. But in 2021, everyone was like, Bleh, so over being online. Yeah. And, and I was too. Like, I was like, oh my God, like, I can't carry on with this. But there's only so long that most people unless there's a mental health something going on can be fed up and like that like there's we reach an element a limit of like you know what I I don't want to live like this anymore Mm. I don't want to feel fed up I don't want to feel stuck Mm. and so but that's just the way humans do like if I look at it it makes perfect sense and my kind of renewed energy came like end of November I think I started to be like oh you know what I can feel myself coming back Mm. this is all is right interesting it's interesting yeah. how did you cope through 2021 how did you drag your sorry ass through that year I just had meltdowns lots of yeah. therapy 
lots of lots of turning up to therapy or coaching and going I need to talk about the same thing again I still feel like I still don't feel this I still feel like this about myself and like being embarrassed and being like this is what I do this is my job and I cannot drag myself out of it modeling behavior that you went and sought out all that help and it's really interesting it's really I think actually I can't think of the word but it's comforting Mm. When you hear a coach say that they go and get coaching, yeah. they go and get therapy because it's much more relatable than a coach. Yeah. Like, oh no, I've got this. I've got all my tools. I'm locked down. So I think it's great that you, you go and get yourself help. Yeah. I think it's such a red flag when people say that they've got their shit sorted. <laughs> Who has? Come on now. Yeah, exactly. Like people say that to me all the time about money. They're like, oh, I've done my money work. And I'm like, no, you haven't. No, you haven't. No. It's ongoing. I haven't done my money work. I do my money work, but I have not done my money work. Yeah. So I think it's that like is there's such a like a yeah, it's a it's a red flag, everybody. Yes, yes. <laughs> and no, everybody, we are complex human beings. Nobody yeah. is, you know, yeah. we're all flawed. And I think one of the things that was hardest last year was that you can't make the breakthrough come. Like you can't force it, it comes when it comes. And sometimes, and it sounds like for you, it came through circumstance, like these, these things are happening. I have to make some decisions. For me, it just came with time passing. Yeah. Like, and I did, we, me and my husband, like fully honestly, we did have conversations where I was like, I think you're going to have to go and get a job. Like, mm. because not because necessarily the business wasn't making money, although there were elements of that, but more because I was like, I'm not sure I can cope with the pressure. I'm not sure I can do it. But that didn't last very long. That lasted honestly about two days. <laughs> and then I was like, you don't need to get a job. It's fine. I'm over it. You were back. I've you got it. Back. Yeah. Nice. Sometimes I have to like, have a right meltdown yes. to find myself again. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good way. Duck yes. yourself wide open. Let it Not my faves, way. I'll be honest. No. I love, thank Lauren, this has been such an amazing conversation. Like, I think this is going to be so useful for people to hear. I think I particularly love what you're saying about, you know, and what I was starting to say earlier was, like, I, I really understand that being sort of, feeling like you don't have much of a choice about whether or not your business continues and how that can be hard and how it can be such a positive thing. Mm -hmm. I think when people don't have that, it can be much easier to bolt and run. Oh yeah. Like, and not, and not Lucy Sheridan always says about staring things in the eye, like holding the stairs, what she says. And I think that's the thing you had to do with this, right? You had to hold the stair with it and be like, oh my God, what am I going to (laughs) do? So I've got some quick fire questions for you. So the first question is, finish this sentence. Money is. Oh, if I'm brutally honest, and I know that uh, this is a bit, I would say powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it? I yeah. Think the right thing to say. Super powerful in good okay. and bad ways. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, some people are like, oh, money doesn't mean anything. Money can't buy you happiness, blah, blah, blah. I'm not sure I agree with that. No. <laughs> You know, I, I've had money and I've been a single mum with three kids and I've seen both ends of the spectrum. And to be quite honest, neither end, you know, dream fulfilling. But, no, exactly. <laughs> but it does take the pressure off and you can have a holiday. So I appreciate money, but I think it holds a hell of a lot of power. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm going to do a post soon that says money can't buy you happiness, but it can buy you therapy. So exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It's really, it's really hard being really unhappy and having no choices and no spaces to go. Yes. And definitely if you're unhappy and you can't buy food, it's much worse. 
that's that makes you less, less, that's yeah. risky shit yeah exactly okay and then the other questions are less oh no one other question that's more on that theme is what is the best like business or otherwise book you've read lately lately ever <laughs> you know what i'm gonna throw it right back to jen Sh- Sakira. what's her name Sakira? Sarah? i don't Sakira? know one of those know. words that we don't say out loud ever yeah. one that sticks with me always and it's a little bit it's, it's it is the um, you're a badass yeah not so much you're a badass at making money that one didn't talk to me as much mm. but the original one with the yellow color uh, yeah. yellow cover yeah stayed with me mm. you're a badass simple yeah. straightforward and super unapologetic as well super like she's a bit of a like kick up the ass isn't she ever like just just fucking do it just do the thing yeah Yeah, I love that that was yeah I can't think of anything more highbrow at the moment I'm afraid don't worry (laughs) but I like that one and then if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life what would it be well, do you know what? I had braces put on two weeks ago. And so I've not had any crisps. Crisps are my thing. Crisps and dip right. all day long. I'd eat oh. the whole rest of my life. Yeah. Which dip? Which would be your preferred dip? I think it's got to be a soured cream and chai. I was going to yes. <laughs> We've got friends who always buy that. And when I'm at their house, I'm like, oh, yes, <laughs> yes. find me at the dip. Yeah, love it. Crisps and dip. Oh, for the rest of my nice. life, I'd be very happy nice that's it that's all my stuff so oh, can you fine. tell people where they can find you yeah i'm on instagram and facebook at where I'm out pads it's kind of spelled we are mount that's what people think we're called <laughs> <laughs> where I'm out pads and the website is where nice and you do so collaborations with designers and stuff don't you sometimes there's yeah, limited yeah, editions we had, um emily brooks for our first one which was absolutely insane the fierce collection was oh my god mm. And currently, like you say, we're working with Liz Harry. We, there's mm. not got many of those left now, though, because once those limited ones go, they're gone forever. Okay. So. I love that. I think that's such a good thing to add into a business like yours. I think it, it's uh, that's the sort of thing that gets my attention. Absolutely. Yeah, I like I that. I always go, oh, what's that? Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much, Lauren. And I really hope that everyone enjoys this conversation as much as I did and gets as much out of it as I did, because I thought that was absolutely amazing thank you thanks right see your face babes you're welcome right so yeah thanks for listening to this episode and i'll see you all soon